The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. And this is where the, the AMA comes in. This is Ask Me Anything, and so sometimes it's uncomfortable. Not for me. Nothing's uncomfortable for me. It doesn't. But once you throw an interception or a pick six in front of 70,000 people, there's very few things that can embarrass me or make me feel uncomfortable. Oh, yes. I don't know. Ask me anything. I'm sure there's going to be something that pops up today that's going to make me feel uncomfortable. Hopefully. However... I know plenty of things that make you uncomfortable already. Well, what is that? Although that, you say nothing makes you uncomfortable, yeah. you were uncomfortable in that show. Yeah, you, I was uncomfortable in that show? Yeah, because that, uh, that was the F. Mary Kill show. Oh, you, you that did, was, you that did was get one of the moments. You're right. I mean, F. Mary Kill was not easy, uh, definitely. Uh, <laughs> yes, and then you uh, saying the F word I don't makes do, you I uncomfortable. That makes me uncomfortable. Uh, Talking about narcotics. Ladies or women has gotten you no, uncomfortable? No, that hasn't gotten me uncomfortable. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm I think okay I had one moment where I talked about, like, uh, a college woman compared to NFL oh, women. Yeah, that and all my friends were really mad at you because you didn't ask the proper follow-ups. What was the? Oh, uh, I know they wanted to know more juicy details of things. I, but you right. were you're too good of a human being I to do that. I got uncomfortable. <laughs> I did get uncomfortable. All right. Uh, so we got an AMA yeah. again. It's an all AMA podcast. Yeah, good. Because we like to do it from time to time. Because we you know, right. Like your your friends are at home streaming at their phone or their computer because I didn't ask the question at the right time. So now you have no excuses. Now we have like plenty two of pages, questions. Two pages of uh, of questions to get your your take on. And these are not just football takes. Good. I mean, so it's, it's there's it's not everything. that much football going on. It's July, so uh, we're here to answer hopefully some football and let you in on the personal life and, yeah. and all of those things. We want to get to know Chris the person. Oh, great. Uh, away from this microphone. Cool. And away from the computer and the mugs, what what you're really like. Yep. All right. So the I, first one though is a football question. All right. Well, <laughs> so we won't uh, do that yet. Okay. Cool. Are we gonna are we doing the promote promote? We want to do that now? now. Let's do that now did, and at the did end. Did I not listen to the directions? Are we supposed to do that at we the can, end? Sure, we can do it. It's always good. It's always good well, to promote I just, throughout. Well, the only thing podcast. I just want to let the listeners know is yes. the fact that you know we're gonna change the schedule up going going forward here. It's gonna yep. be a little bit of a, a a few week hiatus to where we won't be back and you know making making a pod or doing anything like that or in the normal routine probably to the end of july again okay. you know we're gonna we will have podcasts. we're gonna have podcasts out once a week probably maybe two depending on what what happens here they'll but just be different they're gonna be different and i'm going to lake tahoe oh for, my you know gosh. the nbc celebrity golf tournament have there. you been before i've been when i was the son of phil sims i'm still the son of phil sims <laughs> but he was actually a quarterback at those times playing in yeah. the tournament and i was there as a little kid but haven't been back since but that's gonna be cool NBC, of course, is televising it. We're going to have, you know, a lot of access to a lot of NFL football players and other athletes. So those are things Aaron to look Rogers forward. Aaron Rodgers goes like every year. I, I know. I'm hoping he's there. I mean, he would be target number one When's for When's the last time you talked to Aaron? I've only talked to Aaron Rodgers one time in my life uh, for about one minute. 
before the Pittsburgh Steelers Monday night football game a few years ago. He is still coming off the broken collarbone issue, yeah. and he was out there throwing like kind of his first footballs of the, of the rehab process. And I got a chance to talk to him then, and that was it. But it was a cool moment, and I certainly would like to What'd ask you him. Say so, to him? What did you say to him? I didn't say much. I mean, I was just like, hey, man, what's up? How you doing? It was kind of one of those conversations. You, know, you, you wasted it kind of. I, well, you yeah, was, he, he, there was bigger time people around than me. He didn't want to <laughs> waste his time with me. I think that's really more the accurate description. But we got that coming on. Yeah. You'll see podcasts once, twice a week over the next few weeks. And we're definitely going to put plenty of uh, content out on Instagram, uh, the, YouTube, the YouTube page, and, and everything like that. Yep. So all that is uh, all that's coming up on this podcast. We've got more stuff to promote. We'll do that later. Let's get to the Ask Me Anything. Yeah, let's do right. it. We'll, we'll start with a football question. The first one is Drew Kolb. And he says, if you're a defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. how do you stop Patrick Mahomes? And what is technically defined as stopping him? That, that's the real question. What is, like, stopping him? I mean, stopping him is probably what, what the Patriots did in the AFC yeah. Championship game, which was they made, made him inconsistent. And they ran a defense that no team has ever run that defense in the history of the NFL. You know, those are, that's just something special we talk about. Yeah, I mean, they, they played man-to-man and doubled Tyree Kill every play of the game. Had one safety in the middle of the field to make you think it was a single safety defense, and they instead didn't really let him play like center field. He doubled Tyree Kill with the underneath guy every play. And that was a scheme that was unlike any other. So I think that's some of the things you're going to have to see. You're going to have to throw some curveballs at Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. I think dude, the biggest thing for me and the teams that had success, whether it was the Chargers in the second game, the Patriots, okay, uh, even the Ravens in the regular season a little bit slowed it down to a degree. One, I still think he's at the point of his career where Make him prove he'll take the short to intermediate pass right. He's still probably a little overly aggressive. Andy Reid yeah. calls aggressive plays. But we saw from those, char- especially the Chargers the second time around, they just backed people up and were like, I don't think Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes will have the patience to keep checking it down and throw the short route. And what happened is they were right. So I think that would be one thing. And then I think the other thing people are going to look at, and I know New England got into this last year, uh, is the scrambling. The scrambling and his tendencies. And the big thing is his scrambling and running to the right. When you look at the stats and you break it down that way, his plays and the things he did, and if you just think back in your mind about the re- yeah. highlight plays from last year, you start to go, oh, yeah, you're right. A lot of them happened to him running to the right. And I think that's another aspect you'll see teams try to take away at least to slow down. Yeah. And what you saw from him last year, you feel like – because, yeah, that's how you slow him down, but he also has room to grow. What a, that a doubt. He I mean, can get better. He so. left plays and yards on the field with maybe being a little inexperienced in a certain situation or maybe just relying on his arm and not having his body or his feet in the right position to hit like, oh, there's Sammy Watkins open for a 60-yard 60 60 touchdown. Oh, and he missed him. And we go, oh, so what? You know, they'll get, a, they'll get another shot in a few plays with Patrick Mahomes. Or, or they punted it away, and then the next series they go down and score. But, yeah, I don't think he capitalized on all that was there to be had. And that's what's scary about Patrick Mahomes. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, we could be talking about certainly 5,000 yards and 55-something touchdowns all over again. Yeah, can continue to get better. Yeah. Uh, Mike likes dirt. Ooh. That's unfortunate. Yeah, I know, Mike. It's dirt's dirty. My daughter likes dirt. Does she? She's three. Right. My son didn't eat it. My daughter eats it. Eats it. it. Yep. Like and gives it a true chew and like yeah. swallows it down, huh? Yeah. 
Damn, my dog is doing the same thing. <laughs> Sorry to make that. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's, we're trying to get her to stop, but she she has toned it down a little bit. But toned it down? She's, she was a little addicted. It sounds like she is addicted to it here. And then a week ago, I got a video from my wife. My dog, or my uh, my son, yeah. ate a dog treat. Oh. And he was very proud of that. Wow, that's, ate, uh, that is impressive. What's wrong with my family. I couldn't right do there. that. I don't know. It starts with the father, so I don't oh, know. It's well, a broad, true. broad question. I'm as clean as a whistle. I don't know where they're getting that from. Lots of minerals and dirt, though. That so is true. She's getting that. They're immune is being built up strong uh, hypothetically yeah Roger struggles in the Lefleur system yes or rebels against it what does that do to his quarterback ranking you said a couple weeks ago that Stafford has a challenge not playing backyard ball and that's part of his regression right oh, yeah uh, it, this is a yeah it'll make me think differently of Aaron Rodgers if he can't make the Lefleur system and you know style of play work certainly you know again I got no like personal like horse in this race I'm not like oh gosh I'm going to defend Aaron Rodgers no matter what no he plays like crap and I certainly would knock him down rankings or all-time rankings or whatever it may be I don't expect that to happen but yeah I think it you know if he goes here and shows that okay the man he's not coachable once you know once again or you know at least that's the perception about him with Mike McCarthy yeah he, he's a little bit of a renegade and those are the people who don't like Aaron Rodgers they always he, say that he thing. battled with Co- he does yeah, battle with he coaches. battled he battled McCarthy certainly especially the last few years I mean I don't think there's any way to deny that but if yeah if he's battling with Lafleur again and then you know changing the offense and the way that Lafleur and Nate Hackett think oh this is the game plan and Aaron Rodgers is toying with it or messing it up on a weekly basis yeah that'll that'll bother me and that's not always best quarterback play um, How would you think it's going to play out, though? Because what we've heard so far is yeah. Aaron Rodgers wants more options. You get Lafleur, you get option yeah. A, option B at the line, pick one. Aaron's like, I want five options. They both want to win. Yes, And right. they both want to have the best year offensively that they can have. And so it seems unlikely that they wouldn't be able to make it work what what, yeah. what would be how how would it not work eventually between this Aaron's steadfast on this that ends up being a worse way of doing it yeah no, yeah right I mean if or if one both sides just draw a line in the sand and they go no I don't do that you know and then yeah then you're gonna have a disaster I think the, the encouraging thing is they're actually having the conversation right yeah. and they're having it publicly like sure. they don't care I mean, Mike Silver came to town. The head coach addressed it. Then Aaron Rodgers addressed it. They're just going to have to discuss, and what they're in the process of doing is just figuring out where that line is, okay, to where it is to where, hey, I believe in my offense. I'm Matt LaFleur, and this offense has been very successful in the NFL. And also going, okay, I know it's been successful, but so is this damn quarterback I got, and he's Mm -hmm. been playing at an MVP level for like the last nine years straight. So I got to have some give and take with him there too because he's going to help me in my offense and get me out of jail in some tough times where my offense might not be, you know, acting or or performing accordingly to what I thought my game plan was going to be. So I really think it can be cohesive that way. I will be shocked if this doesn't work. I really will be because I think this is going to be certainly an improvement from what I thought was an elementary system. Anybody that's listened to me for years with Mike McCarthy is just, yeah, it's Rodgers. He was the system. It's please help us, Aaron. And if you don't, then we're in trouble. And I just look at LaFour and go, you know, from the, the Shanahan McVay school, right, they're going to be able to run the football. There's going to be some really creative play action passes to go with it. There's going to be some new drop back passes that go in it that Rodgers hasn't, you know, had a lot of detail or knowledge of in, in years past. And now he's going to get to execute those. And then I hope on top of that that he can add, hey, hey, you know, hey, Aaron, when we get in third down and we're in this formation, 
you know, I like those two or three plays you I've heard you check to in practice. Right. I'll get you know th- those are good. Those are live. If you want to change them on third and and six or more, then go ahead. It's your show. I like this play. You know why I'm calling it. But if we don't get what I've taught you, what I thought we were going to get all week, then you go ahead and get to Aaron Rodgersville and get us out of jail and make something happen. Best case scenario is that they both take a little bit of what they do best. You exactly. Take a little bit of what Lafleur does best. You, you add it with what Aaron does best, and you got something better. No doubt. You come, no doubt. The two. Uh, Jared Heatley, staying on the quarterback theme yeah. here. If you're a quarterback, oh no, actually I want. Let's do Ryan Lapointe. Ryan okay. Lapointe, would you agree that Stafford was unrightfully attacked early in his career? Matt Stafford, for not being consistent with his throwing motion, the sidearm throwing, and now quarterbacks are praised for being able to do things a little unorthodox when necessary. Yes. That's an interesting point. It is. I I think Stafford has been unfairly criticized, really, for the majority of his career. I would say last year. You're a Stafford defender. I am. And last year was the worst year of his career, and I'm not defending last year. He's he's got to play better this year. You've heard me talk about the culture shock and how they changed their style of play, and I don't think he adjusted to it very well. But yeah, for whatever reason, and again, we're we're in this, you know, I fought this with my quarterback rankings and everything. We're in this, like, it, the quarterback's the only guy on the team. You know, it's, it, we win because of the quarterback, and if we lost, it's because of the quarterback. And I just think that's certainly been true with Matthew Stafford, who's, I mean, other than Dama Kinsu, you can't name a defensive player that's been up in Detroit throughout his career. They certainly haven't had any special defenses, I can tell you that. Okay, yeah, they had Ezekiel Anza, right, who's, you know, had really but one, two years. Here and there some good players, but they often Defense has stunk. The run was, game has been non-existent. They're down 21 nothing basically every game. Every game. So it's <laughs> it's been that way, and he's had to play a little backyard style of football. Yeah. And, yes, I think some people – uh, you know, when he would miss a throw, oh, if he didn't throw the ball or he wasn't so loose with his arm, he'd complete with some of those passes. But then they don't go, when he does hit one of those, they go, a good thing he throws like that because if he didn't throw that sidearm throw like that, yeah. he wouldn't have completed that 60-yard bomb. So you can't always take the good with the bad. But, yes, now it is very popular to be able to throw with all those different angles. And I can tell you in the quarterback world, guys like me and people who are in the weeds about quarterbacks, that was the thing that jumped out to me that I loved about Matthew Stafford coming out of Georgia. I was just like, whoa, this guy's the arm is big time. It's a special, special hurt, arm. hurt his accuracy. Right. right. If you don't have the consistent throwing motion. You're right. And that's just time. not true. He's, he's plenty of good enough. And I think this will be a, a good year from Matthew Stafford. And, and I'm with my, my man there, Ryan, who he's, he's been unfairly criticized for the majority of his career. Um, Jared Heatley, if you're a quarterback, is it stupid or respectable to play through an injury even if you are not in a playoff position uh, to – Let's say like a broken back. So that's Stafford. Yeah, Stafford yeah. Had a little bit of a back. Stafford had his issues. I mean, we heard about Derek Carr, right? He dealt with yeah. it a little bit, right? Uh, they I were mean, in the playoff hunt. It, it's all about the position you're in, as far as your position and where you feel you are. Maybe in the particular season, as far as man, you might have a tough stretch of games where you just go back. I gotta play, like. You know, what hey, was it like in the locker room, though? If you're if you're on a team and you're having a bad year, yeah, and you got some guys who are dinged up, whether was there pressure to to play through it, or was there pressure to say, you know what, don't don't try to kill if, yourself? If here. you were, if it was a bad year and you were a marquee player, the team was definitely more of, you know, hey, it, it's week 14 and we're not going to the playoffs. Let's just let's yeah. be careful with them. Make sure we got them next year, right? Like certainly that'll sure. be the case. If you're in the midst of a playoff, you know, hunt. And it's a must-win situation. You got to play. There's, there's, there's no doubt about it. You know, if you got a backup quarterback who's breathing down your back, and you got an injury where you go, "Ooh, I mean, I'm not at my best, but I can play." 
I mean, hey, you better play because you just you, – what, you give that other guy a chance, he goes out and throws for 350 and three touchdowns, then your ass might be on the bench permanently, you yeah. know, for, for however long your contract no, is. It, not if that player is Ryan Fitzpatrick because then, he, then he'll give it back to you eventually. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. But, but I, I think it is kind of indicative on the situation itself, where the team is that particular season, where you are as far as, you know, your, your organizational hierarchy at the quarterback yeah, position. I think you'll take all that into account. Right. Uh, this is from Marcus Brundage. Sims, give me your dream coaching staff. I mm. like this one. Wow. Can be past or present to current coaches, uh, head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, etc. So let's start with your special teams coach. <laughs> you could if you want. You're right, I uh, could. What do you, how do you want to start a head coach? You want to start with your... You got head coach. Yep. OC, All right. Well, I mean, DC. head coach. Listen, I'm going with Bill Belichick. I mean, that's just that's that's too obvious for me. Um, yeah. But 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 why? I mean, he's great. We he know is that, great. But... He can coach the offense and defensive side of the ball. He is great at knowing his own team's strengths and weaknesses. He is magical at picking out another team's weaknesses. Maybe not even with schemes. Sometimes a roster weakness where he goes, ooh. They're not very good when they have to put a fourth corner on the field. Oh, okay, well, we're going to play a whole game where all four of these corners are on the field. Like, that's the thing where he's genius. It's not always just about the exact X's and O's, but he can give you themes of a game and go, no, we have to worry about, hey, offensive staff, we got to worry about this, and defensive staff, we got to worry about that. You guys come up with the game plan, but these are the things that are really concerning me, and you better have something to stop that or make that better or whatever it may be. So that's right. why I would give him the advantage there. Man, offensive coordinator. Hey, I'm going to go with, like, Sean Payton, I think, right off the mm. bat. I'm just thinking of right here. You know, I'm not going too deep into the all-time vault. Yeah. Uh, but Sean Payton might be there for my all-time vault, too. I mean, hey, not only all the ways he comes up with creative pass game schemes, too. I think Sean Payton, the thing he doesn't get enough credit for is his ability to coach the run game, stay consistent with the run game. You know, they've never gotten away from that in New Orleans. So, yeah, he would be a guy that I think I would have um, – in that conversation, and oh, the fact that you've you've picked two coaches now, Sean Payton and yeah. Bill Belichick, who have who have won with quarterbacks who are barely in the top ten of your. You had to bring that up, huh? You had to go there. I mean, so they've you? been able to persevere yeah, for yeah. quarterback Thank play you. Yes, to, get, yes. to get there. Thank you so much. I just wanted to keep that going. Good, good. Yeah, just keep, give me year. another month or so of having to defend <laughs> that and deal with that. No, but I, I like that. You know, Sean Payton with I mean, just what he's been able to do with Drew Brees, right? Obviously, and Bill Belichick. I mean, that's obvious. Defensive coordinator, mm. though. This is where it gets this. This a is more, this a is difficult. I know. I mean. You could go back in the, the past. You know, we're both about the same age, but... I, I think Buddy of Buddy Ryan. Ryan. Buddy I have. Ryan. I know. I know. I, at first, I almost wanted to make two different lists and going, like, one current one and then one, like, old-timer old one, right? Yeah. I'm going to... Old-timer one, Bill Walsh would maybe be... That's, that's, that's where I was going to go with. Right. right. So, if I had to do a current one right now, I got Belichick, Sean Payton, right? Yeah. My defensive guy, ooh... I mean, am I allowed to pick another defensive coach? I mean, another – I don't – I can't Head pick coach. Pete Carroll, can I? Yeah. You think so? Or yeah. Is that fit, sure. is that, that work as a coordinator? Yeah. Okay, good. I guess I just did with Sean Payton, so what am I right. even asking myself about, you idiot? Pete Carroll. Uh, 
Pete Caro, yeah. How do they all coexist? Ooh, that's, that's some the personalities there. Yes. If Bill tells Sean he's got to do something, Sean doesn't want to do it. I know. Or good luck talking to Pete and either. Pete's over he's going to yell at Bill and chewing his, his gum, gum and running around going, let's get energy. And Bill's going to be telling him to calm down, calm down. We're not that kind of team. And then that would be the HBO uh, hard knocks. That would team. be the HBO hard knocks. Yes. I think if I had to do all time, Belichick is still my head coach, okay? Mm. I'm going to go with Bill Walsh as the OC. Okay, I, li- I like you there. And then I think I would do mm. – I think I might go Buddy Ryan, D coordinator. I might. There's some really good ones out there as far as D coordinator, defensive coaches. I mean, of course, I'm thinking of some of the Steelers uh, from the 70s who I can't even think of there, 80s defenses. Gosh, I mean, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, Buddy Ryan, that Bears defense, that Eagles yeah. defense, I'm going to go with him. And then when Buddy gets into a fight with Bill Walsh, who, who wins? Then? Oh, Buddy. yeah, yeah, Buddy I think Buddy, yeah. So you go Bill Belichick over Vince Lombardi. I know, that really stinks. Why does that stink? Because I hate saying that about you – know, yes, I do. I think Bill Belichick is the greatest coach in American sports history. I don't give a damn what the sport is. All I know is in the one sport he coaches in, they've tried to make it as equal as possible for yeah. everybody, and he's made it as unequal as possible – for any other coach at any other time in any other sport, and I think that's just amazing. That is the most amazing thing. Yeah. That, you know, the 49ers days, that, that team was stacked. They were stacked. Cowboys there was no salary days, caps. They were, they were stacked too. Right. They could win. They could. They could overpay and and have better players. Period. Yep, they yep. did. Yep. Their bench was better than a lot of other teams starting, starting it was. lineups. So uh, that was cool. That was interesting. Johnny B. Good, 57. Do you wish you had taken a redshirt year at the University of Texas and stayed an extra year to play? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I do. On both. Um, so, well, yeah, I guess, if, you know, I guess they're just assuming the that I register and then I have that extra year oh. to come back after that, right, and come back. Yes, I do. You know, it, it's hard to say it at the time because you're in it and you want to play. And, of course, I was 19 and I thought I knew everything. I'm a grown man, Dad. I yeah. want to go to Texas. I might play as a freshman. You know, and that was one of the reasons I really switched from Tennessee to Texas because Tennessee, I knew I was going to have to redshirt, and it was really bothering me because T. Martin was going into his senior year, and, of course, they had just won the national championship, so he was going to be the quarterback, and I was really, like, unsettled by that. Hmm. Um, did Philip Fulmer, he was the coach at the time? Yes, he did. Did he tell you you will be redshirted? You know what? They didn't tell me, but I feel like that was the plan, really. Kind of we had, you know, come up lightly in conversation. Uh, but, yeah, I think that was really the plan. It was obvious. It was right, kind of obvious. Right, And then Texas, I knew there was going to be a chance they were going to let me compete with Major Applewhite from the get-go. And that was enticing to me. But, yes, I wish that – I've even said this to my dad. I wish my dad would gotten my ear. My dad was awesome because he let me be me and make sure. my decisions. Uh, but that was one of those where I wish he would have been like, hey, Christopher, I'm just telling you, it'd be a good thing. Redshirt, you get a little older, you get a little mature, you get smarter, and then you take over and you'll be ready. Yeah. And, you know, and it's just all those things. I wish he would have said that to me. But it's very hard when you're it, in the moment. It's, well, it's hard either way, too, because sometimes – I mean, how much can you – you hear it a lot of times in the NFL where it's like, oh, you're going to draft a quarterback, he's going to stand on the sidelines, he's going to learn. Right. It's like, okay, how much can you really learn, though? Yes. How much progress do you make? Because sometimes even if you struggle, it's better just to be thrown into the fire. You learn so much more than that way than just by watching it and observing it you know agreed with that maybe for you it's such a big transition you go into college you, you got to get that all you wrap your head around that and then you can move on to football but I do think there's something to be said about starting before you're even ready I, I, I do there's nothing that can get you prepared at quarterback more than just playing yeah you said it I mean yes because there's practice can't it's the one position in all of sports that really 
practice can emulate it. Yeah, okay, yeah, we get some useful things out of practice, but unlike other positions in football or other sports in general, quarterback is impossible to practice because they're not live. You know you're not going to get hit. Right. A lot of the times the defense is set up to do certain things to make sure the offensive play works and executes the right way. And they're the defense and practice and, and a lot of those times is it's a scout team and they're just reading a card and the card says sure. take three steps this way. So, you know, you get into a game and all of a sudden fans are yelling and you go, holy crap, I can't even hear myself yeah. and neither can my right guard can't the hear me. The defense wasn't supposed to do that. Yeah, That's right. And they're, they're really there. trying to hit me hard now. Like, they're really <laughs> trying to hit me. I don't like this. Where's my red jersey? And nothing can get you prepared for that other than, than that and just being out there. Keep it in Austin. Uh, 512.com. Yeah. Favorite rush. 512 is the area code down there. Oh, five, the 512. Yeah. yeah. So here it is. Yeah. So he, he's living down there. Favorite restaurants and bars when you went to school here in Austin? Gosh, they've all changed. I mean, the restaurants, um, gosh, there's the place, uh, uh, the place, the, the lake place. There was a place on the lake, and I'm, it's like, I want to say Jake on the lake. It was great, like, outside, have a margarita, eat some food outside on the lake with great, uh, just a great setting, okay? Um, yep. Salt Lick, okay? Out in the countryside, Salt Lake's the best barbecue I've ever had in my life. Really? Yes. It's about 25 minutes outside of Austin. There's actually a place in the airport. And pre I've told this before, but pre-9-11, I used to drive to the airport and just go through security because it was closer than the actual restaurant. And my friends and I would just go to the airport and eat Salt Lake and the barbecue briskets. Is it Jake on the Lake? Are you looking Jake's at Jake's on the Lake. Something on the Lake I'm in Austin? On, I'm looking on Yelp right now. There is a Jake's on the Lake. Is there a Jake? And it's on Lake Austin? Mm. No. Maybe they changed no, it. No, it's in, it's in I California. I got somebody. Oh, that's good job. California. Abel's. There's something called Abel's on the lake. There is producer. Abel's. There's the Oasis on Lake Travis. Oh, that could be. I know that. Yes, I know that. That's another great spot. Okay, so that's certainly good. I was always a fan of Texas Land and Cattle, all right? That was just, it's a chain barbecue place, but a big fan of that. Yeah. There was Easy's. okay? Easy's was like a 50s diner type of, like, feel in it. Awesome food, okay? That was another go-to. When you would go out... How the Red River Cafe was my breakfast spot. So you would go out with your teammates. Yeah. And you're, you know, normally the quarterback pays because, but in the NFL, but you're not in the NFL. You're no. in college. So no. How does that but work? when your dad was the quarterback in the NFL, they still expect <laughs> you to pay. So they go, hey, so that's what you're, you can pay, right, Chris? And they, yes, that, that was I, that was truly, uh, yeah, I was expected to pay in a lot of those situations. More times, more times than not, I would let it be known before we even went out, just to yeah. take the pressure off everybody, because I might go. Hey, we're going to go get some food. And guys, like, sometimes might be like, they want to go, but they go, oh, I'm not going to be able to pay. So, I know, yeah. you guys go ahead. And I'd be like, no, no, man, I got you. It's, it's okay. Because, yeah, I, I recognize that I was fortunate to have money in my pocket. And I had a cool mom who would, like, send down FedEx of, like, cash, like, behind my dad's back. Oh, and yeah. Be like, yeah, and, like, you know, I'd be like, hey, here's some cash for you. I thought you might like it. That's my mom's voice. Yeah. like that. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely tried to do that. And when you guys would go out, you were rock stars, right? Yeah, there's, it's there's ridiculous. like being the football team and going out to the bars as the – especially the starting quarterback. Well, especially in the state of Texas – You've heard all the stories about how much they love football there to begin with, and then it's the University of Texas. And, yes, it was ridiculous. I got treated like a Kyle Shanahan. The first, he had just transferred from Duke. We go out one night on 6th Street, right? One of our places is the drink, okay? That was our, our go-to spot. And he's there. He's coming from Duke, right, which is like not exactly like they love their football there uh, as compared yeah. to their basketball. Yeah. 
and he's an amazement of like the people in general. But we're sitting next to each other, and he's like, "Dude, it's like no disrespect, but these people I treat you like you're John Elway." <laughs> and I was like, "I know, it's crazy, right? I haven't done shit." And they're like, "But yeah, that was uh, that was part of it. It was a, it was a great experience. It's a great school. It's such an amazing city. I've been there just one time. It just it's a cool really, city, right? It seems really, really cool. It is." Um, and then you go to the pros, and you're like, where's all the people? How come no one's coming up to me as much? I mean, I, it was probably still happening to you in Tampa, but maybe not as much. Maybe not as rabid. Yeah. Okay. And maybe, you know, maybe less, you know, Austin, they love their football so much, too. If you lost, I certainly heard those people, too, who are like, hey, Sims, you suck. Or, you heard, they would yell that? Oh, definitely. Or call me a Yankee. That was a big thing that I got called a lot. Oh. It, there was a definite anger by some group of people there that I was a Yankee and I was the quarterback of the team. But whatever. I didn't give a shit about those people either way. Tampa, yeah, you're, it wasn't quite the same. Tampa loves its football team, and it's a smaller city. That's true. And certainly would go into places, and people would, you know, recognize you in that way, too. Uh, but, yeah, maybe not to the extent uh, of Austin, Texas. That's true, and I, I, you saw that a lot when I was working in the Bay Area with, with players that would come there that were playing at other places. Evander Kane was a, was a hockey player who played in yeah. Ottawa. Right, I, I remember Kane. I remember him. Um, I, and he um, came over, and he was like, it's crazy, you just blend in. Because yeah. you got the Warriors, you got the 49ers, right. you got the Raiders right there, right. you got the San Francisco Giants, and – yeah, when you're in those big, big cities, you've blended even more. No doubt, you can. Yeah, and like, yeah, like, I, you know, yeah, New York City. You know, I, I, I could go out to dinner with Brandon Marshall, who's, you know, of course, this handsome, you know, huge, wide receiver, broad shoulders, muscles, you know, million-dollar smile, all those things. Like, you go out to dinner with them, and I think I see people, and I think they recognize them, but yeah. they're also like, uh. Derek Jeter was here the other day. Uh, (laughs) Brad Pitt was here the other day. You're not that big of a deal. Really? Oh, yeah. I want to meet them. Uh, Moritz Burr. Moritz Burr. Moritz Burr. Moritz Burr says, uh, "Will the Browns implode if they lose a couple games in a row? Especially with these high expectations, a first-year head coach." And some players who could be difficult. Sure. Greetings from Germany. Hello. Peace sign. That's what uh, Morbitzer says. So, so what do we think about the Browns? We, a lot of people positive about them. Yeah. I think they're the favorite to win the division. According I, to the I think you're right. right. I think they are the favorite. But they're the Browns. They are the Browns. So what if they, what if they do get off to a, a slow start? I, I don't think they're going to implode. Like, I don't think we're going to see, like, oh, we were expecting 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7 and seven and 10-6, and six and they went 3-13 and 13 yeah. or 4-12. and 12. Like, I don't see that happening one bit. Now, can I see them okay, maybe – uh, struggling early on in the year and then maybe not quite meeting expectations and having just maybe all of a sudden they, let's just say it's Titans, Jets, Rams, Ravens, right? Let's just say they go one and three somehow. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be like they're going to have to battle and get an ugly seven and nine and eight and eight that way. But I do think they are over the implosion of we're going to be so freaking bad now. We're going to have a top five pick. No, I just think, first of all, I think a lot of Freddie Kitchens, uh, like the you know the fact that um, the the uh, old defensive the, the head coach Steve Wilkes from the Arizona Cardinals the D coordinator you know with those guys their leadership Baker Mayfield his competitive nature and leadership style yeah I just don't see implosion in in their DNA you think Odell's bad for uh, a, a, a locker room I don't I really don't and um, you know again I'll I'll say this for the millionth time with Odell Beckham Jr cannot find a teammate and you've never heard a teammate come out and say one bad thing about him and anybody I've talked to here in New York Have you talked to Eli 
No, Eli he, probably would have some, you know, some things probably to say about him, certainly. But he was one of the most loved guys in the Giants locker room. And I, I don't think he's going to be a problem uh, in, in Cleveland, especially because I think they're going to have a focus and they have a quarterback that's really wanting to make him make Odell feel comfortable and make him feel like he is the, the biggest part of that offense. Bam Finson. As we continue with our Ask Me Anything, it hasn't gotten uncomfortable. It hasn't. I, I want there to be like an uncomfortable moment. I do too, because I like yet. to watch you get uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, want to hear what you think uh, you, the best Hall of Fame snubs are. So who are the greatest players who are not Hall of Famers? Zach Thomas, Edron James, Simeon Rice come to mind. Mm. This is always hard for me because I never remember who's in the Hall of yeah, Fame. Yeah, I know, I know. Not in the Hall of Fame. but uh, Zach Thomas certainly jumps out right off the bat, okay? That's, that's a good one. Simeon Rice, my next teammate of mine, I certainly think he's in that conversation too. I do. You know, I mean, he was one of the best pass rushers in football for an extended period of time. And he was the best pass rusher on a team that was had a, a Super Bowl defense, as we saw. One of the greatest defenses in the history of the sport, really. So, yeah, I do look at him as a guy that's his snub. Man, there's other snubs. I wish this, These are ones I wish I would have known at, beforehand. But – you know, I look at guys like Jim Plunkett and go, man, he's yeah. won two Super Bowls, and nobody talks about him mm-hmm. for Hall of Fame. Okay, and Super Bowls seem to be the benchmark, and here he is with right. two of them, and he is never talked about. So he would be a snub that jumps out to me, along with, ooh, Isaac Bruce of the Los, uh, the you know, the St. Louis Rams back in the day. You know, that's another guy where I go, the numbers are phenomenal, the player was phenomenal. And unfortunately, he didn't have a big personality, so I think he gets lost in the shuffle there. And, like, the huge offensive numbers that have come after him at the wide receiver position, I think, kind of screw him over as well. In the the NFL is, you know, Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco. The NFL is, it's a little different. I mean, Terrell Owens had to wait. There's a little bit more of a... How well did you get along with everyone? And because Terrell Owens on numbers alone is a first first ballot, ballot Hall, of, Hall Famer. of Famer. Yeah, I mean, I, I would sit here and say Terrell Owens is the third greatest receiver of all time. So, yes, he should not have waited one second. But, yeah, because of the way he acted and rubbed people the wrong way. And who you go, you're going through a list of, like, all-time snubs and just seeing yeah, that everybody jumps out of you. Saturday here, although he's – is he in now? No, Jeff, Saturday? Jeff Saturday's not in. Uh, we got – I'm looking here, Leslie O'Neill, Don Coriel, Tori Holt, yeah. Thomas, John Lynch, Steve. Oh, Richardson. I'll tell you another one that jumps out to Richard me that Seymour. I know you just said it right there. You just said Richard Seymour. He'd be another guy. See, Richard Seymour, he's stuck in, I'm this huge human being, and I messed up offensive game plans for years, but there's no stat for it. So nobody can, uh, yeah. where, where are the sacks? What did he do? Oh, no, no, he doesn't have any of those. Right. He just fucked people up for a living and ruined blocking schemes, pass game, run game. Helped out his teammates. And helped out all his teammates, right, and made other teams game plan to stop him and do that. Richard Seymour, I'm glad that you brought his name up because he is a guy that, like, without a doubt in my mind, he is one of the greatest – you know, three, four defensive ends in the history of football. He was an overpowering force and was scary. And I got to play against him once. And, yeah, we were mismatched there, and we were worried about our matchup against him all week long because of the size and power that, that he had. Uh, Nick James, 72. Yeah. What players in the NFL would be better playing another position relative to theirs? Example of uh, Kelvin Benjamin, maybe the tight end. 
Lamar Jackson, wide receiver. You know, <laughs> that's a, that's all right. I hear what you're saying there. That, that that's a good one. Um, uh, but yeah, there, are there any out there that strike you as as those kind of guys that can yeah. just cross over and you go, yep, he'll have Probably no problem. Not many. It's like saying in, in baseball, which players could be a, a pitcher and a and a hitter is like, well, they would, probably wouldn't be great at either one. Like yeah. Michael Thomas of the Saints. Yeah. He's a receiver, I think, of yeah. where I go, he'd make a hell of a safety. He's oh. physical. He's tough as hell. He's smart. He's got ball skills. Like, that's a guy I'd throw out there right off my bat and just go, yeah, he's offensive. He's a receiver. So we know he's a great athlete, but he's got a different mentality than most receivers to where that physical nature comes into where, yeah, I think he could throw his body around and hit people and do that kind of thing. He kind of jumps to mind there. You know who one would, would not be good with a position change yeah. is uh, safety for Rob Gronkowski. We saw that against yeah, Miami, no, and that didn't go that, that well. That doesn't work. No, so exactly would be a right. Bad, that would be a bad No, switch. that wouldn't work. I'm, I'm there with you that, on that one. Uh, oh, no, this is a good – this is actually kind of a fun question. Hold on. I just want to see if there's anybody else that jumps out to me because I gotta think like okay like guys like Ezekiel Elliott right mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette and if they want if, if they decided a few years ago that they wanted to play middle linebacker I think well, you they, think they could have done I do yeah like if they just said in high school like hey coach I'm forget running back I'm gonna be an NFL middle linebacker and that's where I want to get recruited I go yeah their 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 power their you know their explosion and then their willingness to deliver blows I would look at those guys like Miles Miles Jack Miles Jack remember him from yep. UCLA yep. Jacksonville Jaguar he was a running back and then got moved over to middle linebacker I could see that kind of be in there I'm trying to think if there's any like defensive well, ends that I can think about there's some that tight end. there are some that are converted in college I remember Joe Staley at uh, Central Michigan there when, you go when Brian Kelly was there right. he was a tight end, tight end. and then moved they him said over put to some weight line. on and go be a Offensive linemen, you're right. Those are some good ones. You're right. Those are usually the guys, but I don't know. Those are a few that jump out to me. Okay. I think. You okay with that? Yeah, I'm good with that. All right, good. Quarterbacks, I feel like quarterbacks are good athletes usually. When I was growing up, it was I would switch between wide receiver and quarterback. Yes. A lot. And then at a, at a certain point, you get to a point where you can't catch anymore because you're a quarterback, and then you have to have someone catch for you. Which normally happens as that? as, as you get older, it, it happens more and more. Hey, but look, you said it like Lamar Jackson is a guy I look at and go, yeah, he can play receiver. Cam Newton, do I think if he didn't play quarterback and they wanted to go play defense end? Yeah, play how many positions end? could Cam Newton play? I know if he was developed like that before college. I know he could maybe defensive be, end. He could defensive end, tight end. Maybe go-to big-body wide receiver like Alshon Jeffrey. I think those three right off the bat, I look at and go, yeah, I think he could probably have done that. Quarterback. Yeah, and quarterback. Uh, uh, JMAU951 is going to take you back. What was going through your head when you rushed into the end zone against Washington during that playoff game, and did Gruden tell you anything afterwards? Um, take, it, take us back. All right, so that was, uh, yep, playoff game. I believe we're down 17-3. to We ran um, fake 14, blast, bootleg left. Right, and I was going to keep it, and John Gruden uh, had the faith in me that I was athletic enough to get to the corner. What was going through my head? Let's see, fear was going through my head. As I was (laughs) running towards the goal line, the pylon, I can't remember who it was on the Redskins that was chasing me. It was number 57. He was a linebacker on that team. But I know I was concerned with him because I was going, ooh, it's me and him for a race for the pylon. And, man, it's the playoffs. And damn, I got to get in right here. So I was really worried that I was going to have to have some huge collision at the goal line. Yeah. And as I was running there, I'm going, oh, gosh, oh, gosh, oh, gosh. 
And thank God Dan Benning, our pulling guard that was supposed to be out there in front of me, just got enough of them to where it pushed him. And he pushed him from the back to where he had to, had to just, he was losing his balance. He kind of had to dive before he wanted to. And when I saw him dive, I said, okay, thank God. And I said, I'm going to jump over him so I don't have to hit him now. Yeah. And I ended up getting in the end zone and threw the ball and all that. And no, that, that was a special moment for me. Uh, Gruden didn't say anything special to me at that point. I mean, we were kind of down and dug ourselves in a hole, so we had some work to do. He was like, yeah, you got to keep doing more of that. Yeah, he was like, yeah, motherfucker, you better score next drive or we're not going to win. Not enough. Yeah. Here is a battle royale. Favorite game I ever played in, though. That was your number one game? Number one game. Nothing like it. NFL playoff football. You want to talk about an energy in the stadium that you could feel? When I walked in the stadium, I knew it. Were you nervous? Going into it? <sighs> yeah, I was always nervous, but I felt like at that point of the year, we had been on a good run and I had played well. It was like a good nervous. It was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm finally playing in a playoff game. Like, I remember going to my dad's playoff games and here I am playing. Yeah. And that was what was really cool about it. When you're playing and you're out on the field, do you realize that? Are you, are you thinking, wow, wow, every once in a while, not the whole yeah, game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're trying to. You're, no, you're, sometimes, you're yes, though. I, I know what you're going to ask. Game. Yeah. Yes, definitely. I, I, I truly at times did think of that uh, and, and throughout my career to where I wanted to be like, dude, you're too conscious of everything. Just shut up and listen yeah. to Gruden and worry about the defense, you know, because I'm going, hey, my, I hope my brother's at home watching me in the playoff game. Yeah. Or, you know, I hope my brother, I hope my mom, everybody's happy. with. The, I hope I can pull this out in the fourth quarter and make them happy and do things like that. So, yeah, very conscious of that. And, you know, honestly, it, it's very important to try to block that kind of crap out of your mind. Sure. New England last year. Patrick Mahomes, when he went and played Sunday Night Football up in New England, I knew Patrick Mahomes was going to get off to a bad start of the game. And I would love if we could, like, paste this onto our podcast or video for people Uh to watch. I knew he was going to get off to a bad start because I knew he was not entrenched in the game. I could tell he was very aware of, oh, man, I'm on Sunday Night Football. I'm in New England. It's Belichick. It's Brady. This is big time. And you know how I knew it? Because when he got in the huddle for the first play of the game and they had the sky cam, right, he looked right at the sky cam. He was very aware that it was right there and it was shining. And he looked at it and then called the play. And when I saw that, I said, ooh, he's got, as I'm going to, the last samurai from, have you ever seen that? Last samurai from Tom Cruise? Too many mind. Too many mind. That's what they tell him. Stop thinking about everything else. Just think about the moves, the fight. Envision the fight. And there is a little bit of that to quarterback play. It's a good movie. It's Heck, one of Tom, Tom Cruise's best. I've seen very few movies. And I'm life. telling you I'm right about that Patrick Mahomes thing. Anybody out there, go back and look Looked at it. Looked up at see. the camera. He looked at the camera. And, you know, again, I don't know if so I'm So we right messed there. him up. We messed him up. Well, I just know he was very – that to me showed that he was – like Brady, if they did the same thing to him on the first drive where he's out of his career, he would have been like, oh, there's a camera there? Great. Yeah. Like he would have been like, no, I'm getting my checks and I, I got to tell the coach this and I got to tell the right guard to remember this. And blah, 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 blah. and he's just playing. And I felt like it was a, a young moment for Mahomes. I never played in an NFL playoff game. But I, as you know, I did play uh, in a wing T offense in high school. Right. We, we had a winning conference record my, my senior year. Right. So it was pretty good. Uh, but there was one time that I can distinctly remember where I'm walking up to center, and I, before I get under center, the line's getting all ready, and I think, uh, oh, I wonder what I'm going to get from McDonald's after the game. Because that was what we would do. We'd get McDonald's after the game. Right. The weird, why would that thought pop in my head at that moment? You know, but it's just sometimes, I, sometimes it creeps can't through. Clear your and mind. You're like, yes, like, right. Why am I thinking about that? Yes. Stop that. McDonald's. And that's why I never made it to the NFL. I really wanted to show you that play, but I can't, I can't see it. Okay. 
We're gonna we'll, okay. So the we, the producer is in my ear we've saying placed it in. It's already gonna, happened. Great, they're gonna it place already, it in. It already happened. And you're saying I'm correct there, right, Pete? In the back, you're. They're saying, yeah. He, Pete says thank you're you. Usually not right about a lot. Thank you, Peter. Thank you. you are, so so nice to have you producing the pod. Thank uh, you. Cool. Yeah. So he's a little distracted. Year two won't be as distracted. Maybe. Hopefully not. We'll see. Hopefully not. Uh, Nick Rizzo, eighty-six. This is a a battle royale. Rank their athleticism and who wins in a battle royale. Lefko. Florio, Burmeister, me, and Liam. Oh my God! So you got battle royale, battle royale, athleticism. I guess we're fighting. I guess your fighting is right. Gosh. I guess we're. I guess we're. Or, or rank their athleticism and who wins in a battle royale. Okay. Oh, athletic. Oh, so those are two different rankings, yes. maybe. Right. All right. So athleticism. Yeah. I'm going to go with Pauly B1. Absolutely. And I'm going to make you two. Okay. Yeah, you're a better athlete than Florio and my ex-podcast guy, Lefko, <laughs> without a doubt. Yeah. Okay. Throw so. Liam in there, too, because Liam's, Liam's, I think, a pretty good athlete. Yeah, okay. So, yes. All right. So, yes, I would throw Liam. Mm, I'm going to go, okay, Pauly Burmeister, yeah. you. Okay. I think I'll go with Liam, Florio, then Lefko. Okay. Right, right. Lefko's last. Lefko's last. It's a close one between him and the old man, Florio, but I'm going <laughs> to give Florio the advantage. Have you ever seen Mike do anything athletic? Uh, well, yes, a little bit. I taught him how to throw the football better at the Super Bowl. Okay. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I don't know about the movement yet. I'm not sure about that. It looks a little <laughs> gangly and uncoordinated. I've never seen him run. Yeah. Although so, I've never seen a lot of people run. I don't think... But right. I've never yeah. Seen no, I've never seen you run either. <laughs> That's true. I, I, so I have no idea. Now, battle royale. I still think it's Paul. Oh, uh, it might Paul. be Paul one. This is where I think Florio can be scary. Yes. He's a snarky, mean mother effer. He's mean. He and would, he would hit below the belt and do yeah. things to win in a battle royale. And he's smart upon that as well. He would dig deep and get some real anger. Right. And he would cause some harm. To right. Us. Yes. I would maybe put my guy Lefko in third of that. I know you don't know him. Yeah. But there's a lot of body mass there. I can there's see a that. lot of cushion. And he can take some blows, yeah. and he might just be able to maul some people with sheer size, right? And then it's me and Liam hiding in the corner. And I think you win over Liam. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Liam has his strengths in life, but battle royales are not one of them, I don't think. We're, we're shaking. We're shaking <laughs> in our boots over there. I think that's pretty accurate. Okay, good. Accurate. We good. should do like a 40-yard dash or something with all the hosts and former hosts. Just that would see. be good. See who can win. I yeah. think you or could maybe. Punt, oh yeah, punt, pass, and kick. I like your chances in a race for sure. I think I could do it. Although yeah. I haven't, I, like I haven't full out sprinted probably in 15 years. I can't think the last time I went as hard as I could. Really? Like a jog. You go for jogs. I do a jog. I'm the opposite. You I just... all out sprint and I never jog. <laughs> that's kind of that's, that's what I do. Yes, okay. I know. Uh, that's cool. I like that. So we'll get that. We'll get that up on the website where you had me number two in uh, athleticism. I like that. Uh, J Nick 30. Do you ever wish you were Chris Hostetler? Chris Hostetler. <laughs> you ever wish that? As in as Jeff Hostetler, my dad's uh, old backup quarterback and the quarterback who won Super Bowl 25. No, I yes. do not. I am very happy to be Christopher David Sims. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but, man, Jeff Hostetler was yeah, how always – you know him? Yeah, he was always great to me. I mean, couldn't have been a better guy to me. And even when him and my dad were going through the quarterback competition in 1991 – Did they get along? Yeah, they did. And they always um, – and he always treated me well when he was in the locker room and went out of his way. And I've even heard stories of, like, him – you know, he was really concerned when I lost my spleen. I heard he had called people in the NFL, like, checking, it, check, checking up on me and all sure. that. Have I ever told you my Hostetler story, the cleats? I haven't told you that. Well, for those uh, – so Jeff Hosteller, when he was competing with my dad, 
uh, in the off season one time. My dad had to go down and get some rehab or something like that. And I'm in the it's it's off season. Nobody's there, right? Except for the trainers and my dad. And I'm like, it's after school. I bring my homework. I'm really laying on the floor of the locker room doing my homework, and nobody's around. And I start to have some bad thoughts. I go, man, Jeff Hosteller's stealing my job, my dad's job. I'm gonna do something to Jeff Hosteller's stuff, okay? And so I'd heard my dad talk about players doing this before. So I said, okay, I'm gonna do this. And what did I do? I got a, a bottle of shaving cream and I filled his cleats with shaving oh, cream. No. I know. Thinking I was like, I'm getting them. So yes, I've told this story before publicly. This is not the first time. Yeah. But yeah, one of those moments where I thought I was being a good son, loyal to my dad. And how 11. old were you? How old were you? I was like 11. Yeah, yeah. And what happened? Then what did... I don't know what happened. I'm, you, I'm, you, I'm guessing he thought somebody else did it to him as a practical joke. It's not like I was there. You told your dad you did it ever? I, I did. I told him, but not like directly after. I don't know if I told him like... 20 years later? Or like maybe a few days later or a few weeks later. Something like that. I can't remember exactly what I told him. I'm always curious what that's like for NFL players or pro players in any sport. Because you hear it a lot of times, oh, they draft this guy at your position. Are you mentoring him? Are you helping him? I'm like, that's really kind of an awkward situation because it's really weird to mentor the guy who's it trying is. to get your job and take your money. It's more professional at the professional level where in college, high school, I feel like it was more cutthroat competition. Like, no, oh, I'm not going to teach him anything. Screw him. Okay, Let yeah. him screw up. The NFL, I don't feel like that's the attitude. I never did. And I can't tell you how many actually young players came up to me, even in my career, to go, it's not as cutthroat as I was expecting. I thought, like, it was going to be so competitive that, like, the starter was going to be like, fuck you, back up. And, right. like, we're going to go at it today and practice. And, we no, I really think you, you get to the NFL, one, you're confident in your abilities. You have this secureness about you that way. And you really realize it's about you, right? You always hear that. Yeah. You know, hey, I can't worry about what you're going to do. I just got to be the best me and see if I can capitalize on being the best version of me. And then if I am the best version of me, let's hope everything takes care of itself from there. And right. I think that's more of the approach in the NFL than, than people might think. Maybe players can see it a little bit more. They can be honest with the uh, evaluating and the assessment of Well, definitely, right. Yes, yeah, so, you know, you're a year around. nine player, let's just say, and you go, yeah, I'm getting up there. I know it. And then they draft some you know, young guy, yeah, you know he's there to steal your job and take your job. You're going to work hard. You're still going to work hard and do everything you got to do to be your best B, but you're also, like, realistic enough to go, hey, this kid's a good kid. He's working hard here, too. Yeah. I'm not going to just, like, you know, screw him over because he's taking my job. And if they think he's better, then they think he's then, better. Exactly right. It's not up to me. I'm doing all I can do. Exactly right. And I think that's just more of the approach in, in the NFL. Matt Caden, 44. What professional sports would you want your kids to play? So I guess what sports would you want your, your kids to play? I guess professional. Yeah. You know, if if yeah. they made it that far. Yeah. I want my little boy to be a baseball player. I mean, I tell them that right now. Just play baseball. Why? You know, it's, Why? it's yeah. uh, I love football, and I already can tell he wants to play football more than anything. But you're not going to let him play football? I am. I'm going to let He wants to play this year. This is like he's going into third grade. He wants to play tackle football this year. And Do they have that for third grade? They do, grade? yeah. They third do? and wow. fourth starts. And then, yeah. Wow. I know, right? I know. Yes. I know. I mean, it looks like, you know, the pads, I don't even know how they'll fit them, really. But, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, just, you know, again, football is awesome. You know I love football. I live it. I do, you know, I'm obsessed with it. But, Gosh, and your, baseball, wife, your wife is okay. I mean, she's okay she's with it. Yeah, she's married okay. into a football family. Yes, so. right. She's scared, but she always goes, "Oh, this is your department. And you, you know, if you think he can play, then he'll play. Whatever." And she just kind of goes along with it. Um, 
But yeah, baseball, I just look at it and go, gosh, it's, you know, great money. You can have a real long career. Obviously, it's tough to make it. It's going to be tough to make it in any of them. I'm not disrespecting any sport that way. Yeah. And also, you know, like we talk about a lot, baseball, you can control your own power, too. You can be on a shit team in baseball and still be considered, oh, this is one of the best players in, in the true. sport. Yeah. And football, as you've heard me say many a times, you could be one of the best players in the sport, and the public have no idea because there's no numbers and stats to justify it or the wins to justify it either. You get either. dragged down, dragged down, dragged down because it's the ultimate team sport. And, yeah. of course, there's the physical nature and the safety and all that too. So, yeah, I, I look at that as a father and go, gosh, I hope he plays baseball, but yeah. it doesn't seem like it's going that way. Yeah, and your daughter? My daughter wants nothing to do with sports. It's just, <laughs> she wants to be a farmer and ride horses. Oh, really? It's all she cares about. Okay. Yeah. I feel uh, like that's, that's, cool. that's achievable. Maybe. It is. Yeah, it right. is. It definitely is. Uh, Decals VO2. If you couldn't work in the sports realm, what would your dream career be? So you're not in, you're never a football player. You're just, you've got a different career path entirely. What is it? I always thought growing up it would be Wall Street something. But I don't think it would be. I think I would be doing something either with animals or environment-wise. I mean, that's just where my passions are, I feel like. Something, whether it's, you know, helping the, the earth, the environment, how we can live better or, or change some of the bad things we have in our culture that are hurting the earth. I would do want to do something like that or something along those lines with animals, too. I'm just, uh, I kind of have passions for them. I'm a huge animal lover. Um, have a lot of animals that we own as is, but yeah, yeah, would try to want to do that, you know, the endangered species or or things like that. Try to protect them or spread knowledge about it or you know tell the rich, the stupid rich white poachers of our country to stop going out to right. Africa to kill animals that there's only a thousand left, so you could take a selfie and that's the only reason for it. And you play God and think that's cool. Yeah, I just that's the shit I'd like to stop. Yeah, put on a cape and you would uh, you'd protect some oh, of the, things, yeah. the I mean, things out yes, there. Yes. What 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 animals do you have? Right uh, I have two dogs, four chickens, and four cats. You have four chickens? Four chickens. Has, yes. have your fam has your family always had chickens? Always has had chickens. We yes, we have. This is a when your dad was playing football. You no, guys had no, chickens? no. This is a all new. This is a Chris Sims family. Chris Sims We've family. Had, yes, oh, this right. is a new. This is what you've brought. This to the is family what my now. family. Yes, this is what we do. In right. Louis, in in Kentucky, your dad growing up, did they have? Oh yeah, they had chickens. Okay. So we should do that. So with he my lost dad. it. So he lost the the chicken rearing when he went to New Jersey to play football. No, no doubt. I mean, we should ask my dad some farm stuff. I mean, some of his farm stuff and his yeah. mom ripping the heads off the chicken for dinner and doing things like that because she would do it with her bare hands. I told you about Grandma Sims, right? Grandma no. Sims could have played middle linebacker in the NFL. <laughs> like, she was a beast. Yeah. I mean, she was like 5'11", square shoulders, man hands. She was pretty in the face, yeah. okay? But she, that's where Tough. I got my size, and that's where my dad got his size from. Uh, she was like a big Irish, you know, farmhand that way. But he's got a lot of good stories about Grandma Sims doing stuff like that. She couldn't play football. She was too busy taking heads off of chickens. She was, right, right, yes. What do you do with the chickens? What, what do you use them for? We have, uh, uh, you eggs? know, eggs, right. Eggs, and, and, and I don't eat eggs. Now, the rest of my family does. Yeah, I'm not okay. an egg guy, okay? But, yeah, eggs, give them to, you know, family members, do things like that. That's really the big thing. Chickens, if I was to have one right here, it freaked me out a little bit. Like they're they, actually any, any bird really freaks yeah. me out. Chickens really they're freak cooler me out. than you think. think they're a little they? bit more personable than you think. Really? Yeah, they can get used to people, and you know, I go up to them and like touch them and pet them, and they're cool. Like, 
Yeah, they're they're a little bit more social than you think. Real, I and we I let them free range. Like they're, these ones we have right now are young. Okay. But when they get to adults, we let them free range, and they'll eat anything. I mean, like whatever you don't eat for your dinner, throw you can throw there. it in the yard to the chickens, and they will go to town on it. I do like that. Yeah. Because as a new dad, I hate leaving food. On, right? Isn't Correct. it the worst? It bothers like me too. It's a pet peeve. I gained like 20 pounds because of it. Because you're like you're feeling guilty, and you're yeah. like, let me finish it off. Absolutely. Oh, we yeah. made you that. You ate none of it. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna eat it. Yeah. Do the chickens get to come inside ever or no? No, negative ghost rider. I'm a clean know. freak. I'm not letting freaking that's chickens good... in my house. No. <laughs> I wouldn't even think you'd have chickens, but okay. All right, that's interesting. We learned something in our AMA. Um, how about Matthew Cole Webb? Sims, I'm going to every NFL stadium for my bucket list. How cool is that? That is amazing. Uh, so far, I've made it to the Saints, Packers, Titans, Dolphins, and Jags. What is the most badass, funnest stadium you've played in? trying to figure out where I should go next. Thanks, man. Keep up the good work. Love the pod. Okay, so he said, what, Saints, Packers, so Jags? New Orleans, Green Bay, Nashville, Miami, yeah. and Jacksonville. Yeah, good ones, good ones, certainly. I mean, first one I'll throw out there is the Seattle Seahawks. Oh. Okay? I just, well, it's To me, it's a great setting. It is the loudest stadium in football for my money. Um the way the setting is, you know, set there at the bottom of the city. You can see the skyline of the city when you're on the field. It's just cool. And it's a, like a modern, cool-looking stadium to go yeah. along with it. So that would be up there towards, uh, towards the list. Man, hey, dude, get a ticket and go see the New England Patriots in New England. That's, that's a special thing, too. He didn't say New England, right? He did not. No, I mean, I think, you know, right now with Belichick and Brady there, like, yeah, come on, that's, that's about to be, like, you know, Lambeau Field Part 2. We're going to be talking about that in history, going, this is where Brady and Belichick played. This is a special stadium. Yeah. And the Boston fans and New England fans are amazing. And it is a great home field advantage there. And, of course, yeah, their, their fans are cocky, but still it's, it's worth the price of admission to me. And it's a great patriot place. What Mr. Kraft has set up, not only the stadium is amazing, but, you know, the strip mall he has that's connected yeah. to the stadium and all that. It's really a cool setting, I think. So that would be up there to, Soldier for me. Soldier Field. Soldier Field. There's so many good you. ones. There's there so is. I love Soldier Field. You though. do? I do. I haven't been to Jerry's World. Oh, yeah. So I don't know. I can't speak to that, okay? They're, they're almost, I would say, pretty much every NFL stadium has its own cool things. They're just it really does. cool monuments to the sport of football. And they're different styles. They're old, like Soldier Field. Even Ford Field, I've been there. That's a newer. It's cool, though. It's cool. Yeah, it's, I like it, too. you got brick everywhere. Right. Which ones are just the, the lamest? The not? Because I, I feel like in Santa Clara, the 49ers new one, doesn't have a whole lot of personality. No, Le Levi right. Stadium, it's big. And yeah, it's, it's a, nice and clean nice. and new. But you're right. It doesn't seem like it's got a culture to it I yet like or anything. Met life. I Met life. I agree. I, listen, I, you know me. I'm a Giants fan all the way. Um None of my Giants friends, friends like MetLife. None of them. All yeah. of them are always like, oh, the old Giants stadium was way better. I think that's been received as kind of a dud up here in the New York area. Not that it's like horrible stadium, but it's right. just nothing special. I think the Denver Broncos, okay, uh, their stadium, yeah, mile high there. And Good. I know it's something else now. I can't think of it. Yes, that's a great fan base. It's Again, the setting is the mountains, like right yeah. in the background. So that's pretty cool. Houston, a Reliant. I yeah, think that's a it's cool a one. big, awesome indoor facility. Yes, it is. And it's grass field that's with the retractable roof. It's pretty good. Pittsburgh is up there, definitely. Not a whole lot of person. Minnesota's new Minnesota's stadium is off the chain. And 
I really got to say Philadelphia because everybody needs to experience Philadelphia Eagles fans once in their life. Yeah. That's a special <laughs> group. There's a reason there's a courthouse down in the basement. Yeah. Because uh, they, they are. They're crazy in, in a good way, but they support the they team. They want to be angry. Yeah. They, they normally they, they want to be angry. They want in the first quarter some things to go wrong so they have a reason to be angry. Right, right. But the Jacksonville Stadium, eh, I don't know. I mean, Did I you talk about him. Tampa? Did you talk about Tampa? Tampa Stadium is pretty cool. Yeah. It is. I mean, I wouldn't the put it towards is. the top, but the ship's cool. I mean, just bring your sunblock because you're going to melt, okay? The Raiders, that stadium stinks. If it yeah. weren't the aura of the black hole and their yeah. cool fan base, yeah. I mean, the stadium itself, if you walk in, you just go, well, this is a crap hole. The thing that sucks with that stadium is that they built up upper decks Yeah, when the Raiders got there, right. which totally ruined the baseball stadium because it was a really good view there yes. of Oakland. And so it, but you built the, the Mount Davis, they called it, and then it blocked out that view. And right. the Raiders, at times, weren't even still Don't even use it. Out. I know. I was going to say, yeah. They ruined yeah, it. Yeah. But they, they don't have to worry well, about it. Well, they're moving soon. The A's are moving, too. They're building the one in down, downtown Oakland are they? as well. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Good for them. Uh, Willis Terasex says, what's the best way to hold the ball to throw it if you have regular size hands? Okay. Where should the ring finger go? So yeah, you got those. Oh, I got the ball here too. Regular size hands. Regular size hands. Okay. I mean, Uh, how should you hold the football? There's no, there's no exact science to how you should hold it. The first thing is just hold it to where you feel comfortable. Okay. And I, yeah, I mean, I don't want you to be comfortable and like, then you have no hands on the laces or something like that. Yeah. That's not going to work for if you're trying to get some results. I am a two and five guy, okay? Man, I need to cut my nails. I am a two and five guy, so that's how I grip the football for anybody out there. This, the ring finger there with my ring on it goes in the two slot, right? Okay. So there's my two, and then here's my five, right? So that's how I grip it. I would suggest for anybody with normal size hands to just go up one ranking for everybody. Go either to the first slot, one, and four, mm-hmm. or maybe even one and three, depending on okay. that normal size hand. But I would tell most people that would be the way to do it. One and four, you certainly can do it. That's kind of how Tom Brady holds the ball, and John Elway threw the ball like that a little bit at one point of his career, too. So you could do that if you have a normal size hand, like we're saying, or some. what is really in vogue right now with some of the new quarterbacks is to have it on one and then have the pinky finger underneath the lace a little bit, like underneath so, four. Yeah. Which I don't understand how anybody throws like that, but that's a little bit like how Kyler Murray and some of these new quarterbacks with smaller hands are gripping the football. And man, the results speak for themselves. They hmm. can spin it and throw it still. But yeah. I would say that would be my suggestion. Small hands, average size hands, work your way up towards the smaller part of the ball. It'll give you a better chance of throwing it with control and accuracy and, you know, with power. And you switch it up every once in a while, right? You I had t- tinkered with it in my career. I was normally a two and five guy, but I went through some periods where I felt like I was one and four. Okay. And I felt like I even went through a period. This was a short one where I went three and six and really grabbed the, the fat part of the football. Um, and I felt like I had great control, but not necessarily all the power I wanted. That's how Brett Favre grabbed it. Three and six. And that's really rare, but Brett Favre's hands were gigantic. Giant hands. Giant, giant hands. And I have giant hands. This is how I did it. 
back when I did it. it was, you say it was a bad way to do it. Well, I, you know, m- more times than not, quarterbacks do not put their middle fingers on the lace, right? Uh, this yeah. finger. I don't know why I did that. Yeah, well, I don't know either, but it, obviously it felt comfortable to you. But when you do that, how does that feel? It feels like I'm going to, if I, if I hold it too close to the point, it feels like I'm going to push it this way and You're, it's going to be all it, wobbly. And you might not have a control of the grip and yeah, strong I'm enough gonna grip. Yeah, push it back. Right, yeah. All right, well, spread, spread your hands out. Try to do, like, another, like, do a two and four. See if you can do that. Like, so. nope, like there and there. How does that feel to you when you do that? Terrible. Terrible. Yeah, it feels, it feels weird. Yeah. But if you do it, if you throw with it like that enough, you'd get used to it, yeah. and then it will, probably would have worked better for me. Hey, comfort is the name of the game, so. Can we do some rapid fire to finish it up? Of course. Okay. I'll be rapid so because have... I'm so known for being rapid, I'm sure. <laughs> I think we've tried this before and it hasn't necessarily I'm been I'm seriously going to be rapid. We, we, get good, uh, we get good information. I'm rapidly okay. running out of energy, so don't worry. <laughs> Devin Morgan, 93. Can you make up another quarterback song jingle? So they like the, the Mahomes. My homie, my homie, my homie. <laughs> and they like the Aaron Rodgers. Whenever he's on, I watch. <laughs> oh, Aaron Rodgers. And I have Deshaun Watson. Okay. You haven't heard that. Deshaun Watson (laughs) is so fucking awesome. So maybe there's like a new one that you could develop. I got it. He wants another one. Okay. I mean, I probably should think of something for like Brady maybe. Okay. I mean, I think he's justified that. Mm -hmm. You know, as you can tell, I've gone with some of the the younger guys there. Gosh, Brady could use one. Baker Mayfield should yeah, probably Baker, be on I, I my think list. Baker Mayfield is the next okay. one. Okay. But no, it's got to be someone you really it's got, like. It's got to come organically to me. And it has to. And, uh, and yeah, Josh Allen could be a guy, too. I just got to have, like, Mahomes came. It just uh, out of thin air. So, so I, I, my, my buddy was, like, a big deal when I was growing up. But yeah, it was my homie, and I was like, I don't know. I just started humming it one day, and I went with it. And then you know what came after my buddy? Kid sister. Kid sister. Wherever she goes, I go. Kid sister. Yep. yep. Um, so, yeah, I'll think of something, though. I'll have okay. one. It just give me some – I need some time to get away from football and just be stupid in my brain for a few weeks, <laughs> yeah. and I'll come up with something stupid. Kid Vanilla Sky, one. Did you button your shirts to the top one in Tampa during the 95 degrees and 1,000% humidity? <laughs> no, not always. No. Definitely Every not. Once in a while. If yeah, the yeah, no. Is too and I, I, during that time period, I don't think I'd top buttoned a lot other than maybe when I was wearing like a golf shirt or something like that. You didn't fully embrace it yet. You no. wanted to, but it just it wasn't well, accepted. Well, I had embraced it before that, and then I think I was at an age there in college in my young years where, you know, I let – you know, I wanted to be cool, and the peer yeah. pressure probably. I was probably like, I can't wear a top button, even though I kind of wanted to. But you had to conform. I had to conform, I and then I finally to. got back to my ways. Big Rome's. Holy nine, shit, it was hot there. Big oh, Rome's nine one six. Favorite beer? Are you a beer drinker? Uh, yeah, I would say. Hmm. I I'm not a beer drinker. I'm not yeah. a beer drinker. Land Shark. Okay. You ever heard of that? The Jimmy Buffett. I mean, sure. it's light and easy. Uh, and then another one that I do like when I see it, Stella, I don't even know. Stella. Stella yeah, Stella, Stella Artois. 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 Is that how you say it? Artois? <laughs> Matt Levelet. That was. Those are two that, like, if I see them at a party or something like yeah. that, and I know I'm not going hard liquor, I'll, I'll grab them. That's all I want. I want something to go down smooth. Yeah, I'm not right. a big IPA. And yeah, Guinness. no, no, I'm, I'm not either. I'm not a huge beer drinker in general. I don't want it to hurt and taste weird. And no. Taste like you just want to get to the like point. Pine cone. I, I think those are co- weird. Refresh me and give me a little buzz, please. Brian Huff. Yeah. If you can have only one for the rest of your life, what do you choose, fork or a spoon? Oh, fork or a spoon. Yeah. 
I'm going spoon. Wow. I'm going spoon. Well, you had soup today for lunch. I yes, saw that. right. I mean, the Is only that time. why? You don't want to give up soup? No, I just feel like the the spoon will u- be used more useful. I mean, it might be some it might be tough in some situations, certainly. But at the end of the day, you'll be able to like you're not going to drink or get much soup yeah. at all with a fork. Yeah. Now I think you're when wrong. you eat I th- steak, I think it, might- it might be weird with a spoon, but you still <laughs> you can still scoop it, it up work. in there. It could work. You're gonna have to cut it into pieces maybe first. You d- yeah, I think it's a fork for me. You think it's a, it's fork? a fork? I don't need enough liquidy type foods. To justify, like even macaroni and cheese, which you could have a, it could it's be a creamy. Spoon food. No, I, all the way can, for me. You can work it as a. As I do a rice and beans every day, like usually, and I do a spoon with it. I can do that. With I know. Fork. Yeah, but so you're right. So okay, all I right. didn't know that about you. I didn't know you were a spoon person. I, I guess I, I, I am a spoon that, person. I just found yes, that out I about am. you. I didn't know you were a fork person. Along the same lines, El Marco Liv says, "Is cereal soup?" Hmm. I would say no. I would say no. But I do eat cereal. I have my bran flakes. Have you seen me in the morning walk around here with bran flakes no, cereal? Yeah, I'm not I walk in early around. Enough. No, yeah. you're in too early for me. Yes, yeah, so I walk around with bran flake cereal when I get done with PFT. That and my uh, Orgain protein shake usually. But no, cereal is a cereal. I don't think it's a soup. I don't, yeah, I don't think anyone's ever considered it a soup. Although now it could become the debate like a hot dog is a sandwich or not. Right. Well, good thing I got a spoon, though, either way, because the soup or the cereal, <laughs> I'm good to go. Uh, can we do two more? Yeah. Okay, we can do more. ten more. Kugel, we only have two more. All right. Sims, I know you're a big beans, not beef proponent. Yep. What is your typical Chipotle order? Okay. You got me to give the veggie bowl a try. Yeah. It was still incredibly bomb. So he liked it. Good. Or I, she liked it. That that is uh I am a veggie bowl guy. I'm a veggie three pointer. What's really. the veggie bowl? The veggie, you know, you go to Chipotle and you ask for a bowl to go, right? And they yep. just kind of give you that, you know, uh the tin on top the, of the, the tin on top yeah. of the the reused recyclable paper or whatever. Right. Um I usually get three scoops of white rice. A big scoop of black beans and grilled vegetables on top. That's mm-hmm. usually my go-to lunch. The and fajita, again, the fajita vegetables. But, but yes, the fajita Which vegetables. They, you have to tell them that you want that because they won't ask you. Do you notice that? Well, they'll skip over. Or they skip over it. The rice. If you ask for like, you know, like, can I have extra rice? They act like it's their rice patties in the back sometimes, and I'm like, relax. <laughs> like, I'll pay for it. Yeah. I'm starving, uh-huh. and I'm not going to eat the meat over there. So fill me up with some rice. And I have to say that a lot of the times, like. I'll pay extra. Just give me more. So you go. So your order then is ri- the white rice or white? I go white, white rice? rice. Yes, I've been going white rice. I've been going white yeah. rice. I was brown rice for a long time. I switched to white with black beans black and beans grilled vegetables. And grilled vegetables, and that's yeah. it. No, nothing no else. Cheese, no nope. guac. Nope, okay. nothing. Okay. No, uh, maybe a little hot, you know, a little there spicy that's sauce. Good every now and then. Yeah, but that's it. Yeah, I, you know. Yeah, I like this guy. And yeah, then beans, not beef. Chips and guac at the end of it, or no? Not? Usually not. I usually, you know, if you get you fill that thing up with enough rice and beans, I mean that's good it's to filling. go. You're right, fine. You're that's all you need, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, last one, and this one comes from at Chris Dims. You have a parody account, Chris. That's when you know you're making it in the world. <laughs> when people take time to make a parody account, uh-huh. you're either doing something good or you're pissing somebody off. One of the two. That's probably what I both. Probably yes, both. Right. Uh, how many average-sized 12-year-olds could you take in a fight? You have no weapons. They have no weapons. Just fists, Chris. You don't have to. You don't have to kill. Just okay. Incapacitate. Good. I don't um, like to kill 12-year-olds. <laughs> FYI, the average weight is 88 pounds of a 12-year-old. So, okay. How many could you take in a fight? Then no weapons involved, and you just have to. 
All right, so they're 88 pounds. I'm 230, roughly. I'm, I really range from about 227 to 232, given on how much food I've eaten in a week. That's kind of my range. Man. Right. Um, I've seen, you know, my little girl just turned 13, so I'm very familiar with what 12-year-old boys look like. They have no muscle or thickness to them at this point. They are wiry. They're more wiry, wiry. Than Yeah. And even when I've like messed around with those kind of like, you know, pushed against them, I'm like, man, it's like nothing there. It's like paper. <laughs> so uh, let's see. I mean, this is not a proud statement to say how many 12-year-olds I could beat the crap out of and knock out. The but funny thing is that right now in this exercise, you have to picture it. I do. <laughs> I'm actually thinking like, damn, yeah. I would crush that kid's face with one shot. <laughs> I, I, gotta, I, I feel like I like my chances with really anything eight and under. I feel like I'm okay. Eight or less. Is that crazy? I feel like I could, like, if eight 12-year-olds came at me, yeah. I feel like I could eliminate two of them before we even get going. Like, I'm just going to throw the right and the left and be like, yeah. okay, it's down to six. What if it's a coordinated effort and all eight of them? Could be trouble. If they attack, game plan. Attack your junk I, immediately. Like, well, that could be an issue, too. You're right. You. You're right. You're right. There's some fighting words, so. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to come for my junk, and then I'm going to come for their junk, too. So eight. I don't I know. That I might I be high. Do, maybe six, do. maybe five. Am I wrong? What if my number's zero? What if I couldn't? What if he took me? No, your number's not zero. Could get two, maybe. I could tell you. I could tell you that. Uh, that was fun. How we much get, do you weigh? We got some uh, 185 right now. How much now. do you bench? Uh, like 110, <laughs> I think. Maybe 105. Okay. Uh, that was it. That was Ask Me Anything. All right. We did it. That, that was good. We learned. I learned some more about you. Cool. I like doing these because I can learn about uh, about you. I know. Well, we still haven't gotten together. to hang out. We're hanging out in this month, though. Deal. I got time off. Done. We're going to get together. I'm going to pollute your brain with lots of stuff. I wish you could have taken me to Tahoe, but that's okay. Eh, sorry. We don't have time for you there. Sorry. Can't do it. Uh, cool. So we got a Tahoe trip coming up. Tahoe got, trip's coming up. On some unusual podcasts, some just different podcasts with yep. maybe some guests. Maybe Aaron Rodgers will be there. Uh, we do want to give a shout-out to PFT. Ten-year anniversary. Seriously. The marriage of NBC and Pro Football Talk and Mike Florio. That's Pretty cool. special. I, yeah, I want to give a shout-out there. I mean, that's the, Mike Florio, first of all, is amazing. And Pro Football Talk, what he created is really – it's a special website. It's the one and only. I mean, and for me, and I know a lot of people in the NFL – even whether they like or dislike Mike Florio, they like pro football talk a lot. It was an unbelievable invention of him, and it gives you just great knowledge of everything that's going on around yeah. the NFL. So kudos to Mike and, and PFT and NBC. And he's been able to navigate in a landscape that has changed a lot in yeah. the last five years and to be able to build a brand like that and continue it and grow a brand right. in a time when competition is really high. I give, I give you guys and Mike a lot of credit for that. So that has been around for 10 years, and what's coming up new uh, is the Peter King podcast. Uh, we got a special guest coming up on July 17th for yeah. Peter King's podcast joining They wouldn't even tell NBC. us, but it's special, apparently. So that's going to be cool. PFT Live, this will be, uh, we're on a sabbatical, but we'll restart there July 29th. You know, right there is the start of training camp, so we have stuff to talk about. And then Mike's got his PFT PM podcast, too. Everybody's got to tune in and watch that. Hey, Mike, Mike's as smart as they get in football and diving in deep into certain subjects. He will break them down and make you think about things you never thought of. But not that athletic, though. We don't know. We no. just don't know. No, definitely not. I know he's not that athletic. <laughs> Chris, awesome. you the as man. As always. Peace. Everybody have a good July 4th. See ya.
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.